0: 25, 30 years ago, every New Year's Eve, we would have a New Year's Eve service. And you know what we'd do? We'd have the top 20 songs of the year. That song's on my top right now. I thank God. Praise God. So get up out of that grave. Come on. Come on. Come on. Praise God. Well, here we are. No, take it back to where it was. Uh, give me a. Uh, give me a, the clock on there plus the, the countdown. Okay. There's a screen in the back. If you didn't know, that's our cheat sheet. Rich, uh, how long before you go? Uh, November third. November you're heading out for Q eight. He's part of. Uh, the uh national guard the what's heading out to be deployed here and rich has been in the church for years and years and years so okay is it next sunday or last sunday then okay we'll pray for you next sunday not this sunday no let's do it right now stand up rich father we just release an anointing upon rich he's going to be gone for several months and we pray that you guard him guide him protect him bless him stir him Lord, give him encounters with God that he's never had in his entire life. We pray you'd surround him and and Amy, bless Amy here. We we pray that their family would uh, just be encouraged by the Holy Spirit. We release Rich to do the will of God. He is on assignment in QA. And we pray, Lord, that you'd give him the purposes and the will of God and an anointing that won't stop. Bring him home safe in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you, Rick. Uh, When you get back, you get back on rotation, okay? Uh, Usher rotation, okay, when you get back, okay, yeah. (laughs) I'm glad you're here. For, uh, we started a prayer series in the summer, and we're just now finishing it up. It has been the most extensive prayer series of messages we've ever had in this church. I just went over all my notes yesterday from every message. We could be here all day just talking about one of the messages. My concern is this. I think we move too fast and we don't concentrate on what we've been taught. I remember a pastor many years ago, this is a true story, he preached the same sermon for three months. One day, one of the parishioners came up and said, "Pastor, I think, I, I think we understand what you're saying." He said, "I'll stop preaching it when you start doing it." So we gotta, we have a ways to go, and I think this series on prayer has. Has stirred us, has helped us, but I think we got to apply it. Yes. Yeah. We have to apply it in our own individual lives, and uh, prayer is probably our most potent and powerful tool wow. yeah. we have in our spiritual toolbox. Yeah. And it has very ma- it has many assets or facets to it. It has personal. It has intercessory. It helps others. It helps us. It uh, it opens things up. It just it, there are so many aspects of it. But I'm concerned that we use prayer only so we can feel better. Wow. Prayer isn't to make us feel better. Right. Prayer, in its deepest maturity, is to partner with God to change the world. That's the greatest thing we can do. And the more you mature in prayer, the realize it's not just about me, That's right. it's about the whole world. Right. And so, I, I hope today I wanna I wanna shift the prayer thing a little bit. I'm gonna shift I'm gonna I'm gonna push you a little bit. I might even offend you a little bit. But I'm trying to get you to understand something. It isn't prayer isn't just about me. It's about him. It's about our mission. And so we got we have to transfer a little bit. Let me pray. Father, we pray right now that you would inspire our hearts. Drop a seed in us today that would change us forever. In Jesus' name, amen. So I went through my notes of the past many weeks. I think it was August when we started this. And um, Pastor Chris, Pastor Kelly, Pastor Mark, Pastor Benny, Pastor Tracy, they all spoke here. I spoke a couple times. But I, I extracted about 20, I think, 20 Uh, statements out of these, out of these messages. I'm going to go through the list. Okay. These are some of the things we learned. These are just things I extracted independent of anything else because it's hard to do though, to uh, speak the whole message over again. But let me just go through them. Prayer is an invitation to participate with God in this relational kingdom. Plant a seed in faith and water it through prayer. God is the manufacturer of prayer and it has a warranty. Prayer is an earthly license for heavenly interference. That's a Mark quote, isn't it? The modern church has an appetite for programs, but not for prayer. We have a problem with prayer, but yet we are hardwired for prayer. A house of prayer is a house of presence. We need the voice of God, and we should be surprised not to hear God's voice. Prayer is not what you have to do, but what you get to do. Prayer starts with a who first, not the how. Primary reason for prayer is not a problem, but a relationship. A nation of crisis needs a church in revival and prayer. Antichrist is an easygoing attitude to not partner with God in intercession for the world. The church's primary vocation is intercession. The church is living off of forgotten spiritual authority. God wants to partner with you to save the world. Waiting is not a waste, but a place to pray. Prayer gives you energy to soar like the eagle. Soar into the storms with your prayers. Soar like an eagle and coo like a baby. Tracy gave that last week. If you don't understand the coup like a baby, you'll have to listen to the podcast. Those were some of the statements I extracted out of the last number of weeks. So many more, we could preach it over again. But I'm here to, to hopefully uh, bring some clarity to this and go a little further. I want, I want to explain something to you. Over the past number of weeks... We've talked about the power of prayer and, and I, I came to you and I said uh prayers are like words are like seeds, and prayer is actually planting seeds. Word seeds. So we pray word seeds, we decree word seeds. These are all word seeds that we that we uh do because we have been made uh there's a scripture in 1 Peter one twenty two for you've been born again. Uh, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable in immortal seed. In other words, when you were born again, you became a brand new species and therefore you begin to re- represent God in a whole new way. In other words, you're a joint heir with Christ and you've been placed here not so you can be born, live, and die. You've been placed here to be partners with God, to overcome the enemy, to destroy the works of darkness, and to, and to join with Jesus Christ as a joint heir. And that's another scripture. We are joint heirs with Christ. What in the world does that mean? You're a, you're a joint heir with Christ, meaning you have the same... You have the same uh, uh, heir, the same legacy that Jesus Christ did. And so we we are born, born into a dynasty family. Into a dynasty family. You have overcomer DNA. There's nothing in you that says you lose. Your DNA actually reads overcomer. It declares ruler with my father. That's what it says. His plan is that when his heirs open their mouth, creative spheres will happen and demons will flee. Our words actually produce after their kind. We are made in the image of God. So when we declare things, they happen. I'm here as God's offspring to decree his words of life, power, and change. I pray that into me, then I pray that into the atmosphere. I found a couple of scriptures. Let me, if I can find my notes here. I found a, a couple of scriptures that really impacted me. Isaiah 51, 16, I put my words in your mouth. I, I read this a few weeks ago. I've covered you with the shadow of my hand that I may plant the heavens, lay the foundations of the earth and say to Zion, you are my people. It says, I may plant the heavens. In other words, I may seed the heavens. One of our roles in prayer is to plant the heavens. What does that mean? Speak words into the heavens. That's why I encourage you to get outside even in your car, wherever you're at, and speak words out. Shout it, declare it, decree it, speak it, life it. What the enemy wants to do is muzzle the believer because as soon as we get the words out of our mouth, the Bible says if it's decreed and said in the ways of God, it cannot return void. That's what Isaiah 55 says. Let me speak that to you. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Now, that's powerful because that means that God's word sent out cannot return empty. In other words, it can't. Another word for void is it can't leak. His word cannot leak out. It's it's when given, it's declared, it's decreed. It's like you are you are the voice of God. See, God's voice is not going to be heard in the earth. His the body of Christ is the voice of God, and as we speak it, we declare. That's why I get so vociferous. That's why I'm so adamant, so passionate. I want the words of God out. Because the enemy thinks he's taken over. He has not taken over. God's kingdom will prevail. I've read the book, and I know who wins. But his church has got to arise. Not in passive, uh, lackadaisical terms. We must arise and do what we've never done before. Because his words, when we speak them, are given assignments. The word of God is given assignment. And the Bible says that assignment can't return empty. It can't return void. It can't leak out. It can't be destroyed. It will accomplish. It will accomplish. The promises of God are yes and amen. We, We don't understand the power of this invisible world that I'm talking about. There's a world just past us. Just on the other side where, where, where we must understand God is, is attempting to get our attention and to give us words that we can say into the atmosphere so we can bring the power of God into this world. That's why we sang. Did you notice that there are specific times that there seems to be an energetic move in, in singing? It's the words with the tune that just goes boom. I can tell you the word your kingdom come, your, you know. When we started decreeing that, you could just tell. And and so what I'm trying to get across to you today is that prayer is more than just a, a happy me time. When you mature in prayer, you begin to operate in a whole new realm and era that will change you and change the atmosphere around. We, they sang, the atmosphere is changing now. Yeah, right. How does that happen? The atmosphere changes for in, in two ways. Through worship and prayer. That's, right. that's how it changes. No other way. Worship changes it, prayer changes When you came into church, what if we just started doing a few things? You wouldn't have the same in, 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 yeah. impartation. I walked into church Thursday night during a worship, we had a, a worship night. I walked into church and boom, the lord just downloaded a bunch of stuff just just like that just as we were worshiping god will begin to give you revelation creativity understanding for your business your job your family your schooling your i mean the list goes on if you'll just listen he's always speaking but we got to come into an atmosphere and what worship and prayer does it creates that atmosphere that's why i i uh, spend a lot of time you know, uh, listening to worship songs at home, at, in, in the car, wherever. I want to, I want to I wanna envelop myself in this atmosphere so I can be aware of what God is saying. So when God says it, I say it. And when I say it, it, it is decreed from heaven itself. And that word will not return void. listen to this I, I said this a few weeks ago too it says job 22:20 it says you will also decree a thing and it will be established for you and light will shine on your ways this is the oldest book in in the Bible saying this the book of Job he says you will pronounce something to me and he will make it so think about that if you will speak the words of God God speaks a word to you out, out of his word or, or in your spirit and you begin to speak it God says I will make it so that's partnering with God. So here we are. I want to, I want to, I want to try to bring some understanding to you. I spend a lot of my day researching. I research what's happening in the world. I research the word. I research our history. I'm doing all this research, trying to put all the pieces together. Now you may think this world is out of control, but the Bible says, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Guess what's happening right now? There's shaking going on so the true will arise. That's what's happening. I'll just tell you right now. So don't get upset. It's okay. It's okay. God's got everything under control. But you must understand, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep saying it to the end of the service. We are at war. We are at war as we've never been at war before. Now, we, we talk about all the symptoms, and I'm going to even express some symptoms. I don't like to give glory to the devil or, you know, honor him in any way. But there are things that are happening that we all need to know about. And then we need to, we need to understand how to counteract it and how to antidote it. Okay? Are you with me? So, as I've been researching, I, I've seen all this. If you listen to my radio program, you will also hear a lot of this. You, you, you have to understand the world has never been in this place before. Where we're at right now, I'm older than most of you, but th- we've never been in this place before. We're facing the biggest assault in Christianity we have ever faced. The Antichrist is moving at warp speed. See, this is what is here, here's the issue. The, the, we are at war, and our war is not against people, our war is against the kingdom of darkness. There's only two kingdoms, and what is happening right now? The antichrist, anti God, anti church spirit has arisen, and what is occurring is, if you read eschatology, which is a study of end timed events, you will you will find out that in the end time there will be only two uh, sides: the antichrist and the Christ, or the church or the ecclesia. And you're going to hear a little bit more about that. And so, what has happened? The antichrist comes to establish a one world government. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, can I just be open with you? A one world government. So everything you see that's heading towards a one world government is Antichrist. Right. I'm going to even name some names. Yeah, right. uh, United Nations. Yeah. Yeah. It's Antichrist. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to name personal people, but I could, but <laughs> I'm not going to do it yet. there 's an Antichrist spirit that has infiltrated America and the world it 's attempting from the top to the bottom now this is interesting because it tries to get from the top to the bottom. Jesus always goes from the bottom to the top and so they try to take take over the the princip- these these prince areas and so what is happening is a one world government so what what occurs is they try to take over things and demand things and mandate things. Does that sound familiar? Anytime government gets big, God gets little. Right, that's right. That's right. Come on, that's right. And that's why I am a limited government person, because that's what the founding fathers were. My, I believe, I'm a constitutionalist too, because I read the constitution and I, I've studied this I have found that if we, we could actually get rid of probably ninety percent of our government and yes. do pretty well. Yes. Yes. That's that's just my contention. Yes. All right. But hear me out. Our battle isn't against our government. Right. 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 Our battle isn't against all these things. We we see symptoms. What are the symptoms? Well, end of free speech. That's right. yeah. End of freedom of religion. That's right. There's an assault. Complete authoritarianism, which just for your news doesn't work, never has. It only kills people. 160 million at the last count. There's been an entry of socialism, communism into our culture, which is simply a worldview of the devil. Critical race theory. I mean, you hear all these, you probably heard all these terms, but you you need to research them critical race theory is a worldview that says there's oppressed and the oppressor and the only way the way you redeem yourself in a critical race theory is activism that's their worldview the christian worldview is that we've fallen christ has redeemed us and set us free and our redemption is the blood of jesus okay totally different it's outside our realm That's the Christian worldview. It's the only one that works. So we have all this. We also have abortion that's rampant. We have selling of baby parts that if I went into detail, this would not be a G service today. It's that bad. There's child trafficking. There's sex trafficking. Corruption is rampant in government and business and all the different uh, seven mountains of society. I believe that our seven mountains of society have been corrupted and mostly taken over by the anti-God forces, religion, family, education, government, media, arts and entertainment, business. All of those have been infiltrated and in many cases taken over by the enemy. Now, I say all this to say, they may think they have won, but God's going to turn the tables. Now... I would I would actually add an eighth mountain, medical. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's an eighth mountain that, that is a part of it. It's it's one sixth of our economy, so it probably should be. We've also had censorship. Yeah. You know the woke society. They cancel everybody. They don't like you. Who decides who gets canceled? Right. 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 Come on. Right. Come on. <laughs> I think I'm going to cancel you. You know, what 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 is this? Yeah opinions arbitrary we that's why oh you, you go listen to my radio station okay my <laughs> radio program that's why we go uh, lex rex not rex lex Christ. we go law is king not king is law Christ. the law is king and today we have this censorship we have the woke we have governmental mandates we have complete and utter lawlessness We've been, we, 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 there's been loose a satanic and Luciferian uh, lifestyle among, among the leadership and elites. They've, uh, they've adopted this. There's been a satanic and demonic worship and witchcraft re- loosed on the, on the world as never before. I mean, our family has encountered this even the past few weeks, personally, in person demon, get out of here. And I'm not scared of my, I, I know we have authority over them. But they try to scare you. you see, it's all about fear. Right, right. And so that has been loose. This month, the month of October, is the, if you study this, is the highest level of witchcraft in America and the world. There will be more child sacrifice. Yes. There will be more sacrifice given to their God, which is the God of Lucifer and Molech yes, right. that you've ever known. It happens this month. That's why we've got to pray. Yes. You see, what happens when you pray, you can't, and, and I believe, I believe we need to start hearing from God to know how to pray when we pray. The other day I was praying and the Lord said, cancel their communication lines. Lord, I cancel their communication lines. What happens? It cancels the communication lines. There's confusion. There's confusion. We need to listen to the Holy Spirit. And so what has happened is we have... The, the the enemy wants to wants to bring a one world government so they, they operate with open borders, there's there's no nations anymore. You see nations is God's idea. Yes. Yes. I, I, I'm sorry, I, I'm just throwing seeds at you. You I could I could go all day on any one of these topics. But you have to understand we are at war. Yes, we are. Yeah. And what has happened is that we have complete lies being told to us daily. Yes. Yes. Daily to dampen our resolve and make us open to Satan's attack, thinking that we are not capable or able to defeat this, which is totally untrue. The church is the answer. The kingdom of God is the answer. But it will only be the answer if the church arises and does what it's supposed to do with its mouth. We're we're being programmed... We're being programmed right now to give in to Satan's devices. I'm not giving in. All of this has been loosed on the earth to bring Christianity down and usher in a world government. This is not the world of a few years ago. This is not a Republican versus Democrat issue. Not at all. This is not a a race war. This is not anything we have seen or they tell us it's about. We are at war with hell itself. And the church must arise and take its place. That's why prayer has to take preeminence. That's why the the Bible says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. You could actually say, my house should be called a house of warfare. We can pretend it's 1950, 1960, and stick our head in the sand. But I'm telling you, the enemy's trying to bring Christianity down. What are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? Come to church and have a good service. Mm, It's good. It's not enough. You have to be mobilized. You have to be prepared. And you have to do things in your own life that will bring victory for your family, your neighborhood, your community, and your nation. That's what has to happen. Now, I'm going to retell this. I'm going to tell this as long as I live. 2007 I had this vision cabal I, I've told you this before yep. I was in Washington DC and I, I actually saw a vision of a black cloud coming from Europe Africa and the Middle East it was coming to America and I didn't I, I saw it it wasn't a natural cloud it was a spiritual cloud and I and the Lord spoke to me and said this is a this is a evil plotting force of a cabal of principalities from Europe Middle East and Africa and it's coming to to bring down Christianity in America it scared me I mean I actually saw it and I I Lord, what's going on? This is before anything that we see happening today. This is before any of this stuff has occurred. And Connie, at the same time, we were, we were praying. She saw this as well, and she said, she felt like the word to her was, America will never be the same again. We've kind of gone through that in the last 21, uh, what, what's that, 14 years. 14 years. You see, this whole war is about us. The enemy is after us. We are the target and we need to stand up and say, no, we're at war and we win. Yes. The way we win is open our mouths. Yes. Warfare is everything the church does. Warfare is love. Warfare is generosity that we're doing this. That, that's warfare. I mean, you can bring people out of darkness just by being generous to them. And they find the love of God and they come to Jesus. There's all kinds of ways to war. But one of the best ways is to create the atmosphere where victory can be. Uh, can prevail and that is through worship and prayers I'm talking about today. Prayer is warfare. Yep. And I've I've discovered this over the years. And so I went to scripture. I, I decided, are you still with me? Yes. I I can't wait for heaven in the sense of no time. That'll, <laughs> that'll be so good. And time will be no more. So I went to scripture because I think that's a good place to go. And I I, I decided to create a Christian manifesto for our warfare aspects. Yes. <clears throat> a manifesto is a, is a published verbal declaration of the intentions, motives, or views of an individual, group, political party, or government. So I went to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I, I went to 2 Corinthians and the book of e- Ephesians 5 and 6. Listen to this. 2 Corinthians ten three and 4 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. You have things battling you in your family and in your business, in your life. You know how to overcome them? Through weapons of warfare that are not carnal, but spiritual. He said, there's a war. We have weapons and there are strongholds that we are supposed to pull down. The word war here is the word stratiomai, which is strategy. It means to serve in a military campaign. It is a word used only in the first century church, referring to an apostolate, which was a New Testament church, which released the fivefold ministry. God is building an angel assisted New Testament church today that will be able to execute the fivefold ministry and perform as soldiers in an apostolate or a local church to destroy the works of darkness. The early church considered it a privilege to execute and extend the strategies of heaven in their region. Everyone took their responsibility. Philippi, Corinth, you know, Ephesus. They all took the responsibility of taking control of their arena, their spiritual area, and bring about the right atmosphere. It is our kingdom duty and critical to the soul of this nation to enforce the principles of God through this Ecclesia or apostolate. Second Corinthians ten six. It says after this scripture, it says, "In having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled." What is God saying through a Paul here? Paul is saying an apostolate or church must be ready to retaliate with decrees of faith and prayer to plant the heavens until faith is sowed into the earth. We are to be active warriors and to fight for what is divine. Clearly, God is calling for aggressive Christianity and not passive appeasement. Every time appeasement came throughout history, it always wreaked havoc. Winston Churchill came after Chamberlain. Chamberlain was appeaser. Churchill was a warrior. Churchill said this about those who seek to appease their enemies. He said this. Each one hopes that if he feeds the crocodile enough, the crocodile will eat him last. I want to go to this scripture, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6. I want to change the language so this is the the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Let me change the whole the whole wording here so you can. This is my manifesto. I'm putting it in words that hopefully will make you, you know, stir your faith. Let me say it this way. Submit and comply to the will of God. Manifesting your Christian faith by being fit and ready to enforce and avenge words contrary to God's words. Be actively engaged warriors, prepared to retaliate when necessary, and always ready to extend completely and fully through your own obedience the strategies of your apostolates that pull down enemy strongholds. Be engaged and ready at all times to execute your Christian duties with aggressive faith. The New Testament church understood they were war. Yes, that's right. They did not have their heads buried in the sand. Yes. They understood they were to be engaged warriors. Warriors who retaliated, as Paul said here, in avenge. They fought for what was right and they engaged their culture. Sadly, I think many of, many of the church today have lost that sense of duty. We have lost the warrior's mentality. And we've allowed the world to define us. From the world's view, this is what we're to do. Christians are supposed to be peaceful and loving and turn the other cheek and let us do whatever we want. I say this. I will turn the other cheek when wronged. I will not turn my cheek to cultural sin and disobedience to God's word. I will not turn. We want peace, but not at the exclusion of contending for God's principles. Paul taught much about warfare. Wrestling, warfare, everything you know, came out of his mouth. It was against not people. It was against antichrist cultural or societal conditions in the world. We do not battle flesh and blood, but principies and powers. Listen to this scripture, Ephesians five eleven, And I think this is what's happening today. It says, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. There are shameful things being done today, but the Bible says, expose them. Expose them. them. And then we go to Ephesians 6, 10. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. The word finally here doesn't mean lastly. This is fascinating. The word finally means something remaining, remaining ones, or remnant. I like the word remnant. Finally, or remnant, be strong in the Lord. So I, I turned this scripture around. Let me read it the way I would, I would say it. Remnant warriors, be strong in the prevailing capacities of your Lord, dominating, superintending, and controlling with God's abilities manifesting through you over the powers of hell. Don't run, quit, or scatter. Stand, remain, and in Jesus' name, dominate demons. Yeah. For Ephesians 6.11 says, Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Putting all these scriptures together. I'm going to give you my manifesto now. I just read, read you most of it. Let me give you my manifesto by putting Co- Corinthians and Ephesians together. Listen to it. This is our attitude. Submit and comply to the will of God, manifesting your Christian faith by being fit and ready to enforce and avenge words contrary to God's words. Be actively engaged, warriors, prepared to retaliate when necessary, and always ready to extend completely and fully through your own obedience the strategies of your kingdom, ecclesia, that pull down enemy strongholds. Be engaged and ready at all times to execute your Christian duties with aggressive faith. Remnant warriors, be strong in the pervading capacities of your Lord, dominating, superintending, and controlling with God's abilities, manifesting through you over the powers of hell. Do not run, quit, or scatter. Never flinch. Stand, remain, and in Jesus' name, dominate demons, because you have been given can-do power in Christ's name to step forward on purpose and with purpose and make a stand against demon methods, against demon devices, and all demon procedures, whether they be political, governmental, religious, or idolatrous. Therefore, put your armor on and march forward. March toward the wiles of the devil. March, march, march. I said march. That's my warrior man- manifesto. Now, we need to have, as I, as I conclude this today, I'm, I'm trying to bring you someplace. So you can, you can start seeing, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We're not against people. We're against those entities and spiritual forces that are trying to bring our nation down. Right. This, I'll, I'll just throw this out. This is fascinating. The, uh, the Co- Continental Congress in 1774, before the Declaration was put into effect, they gave a statement saying that they believed in three things. They believed in the right to life the right to liberty, and the right to property. Yep. Property to our founding fathers was not just physical. Right. Property was their conscience and their right to share their opinions. Yep. Wow. They had the right to life. So what is being assaulted today? Yep. Right to life. Yep. You know, I, I, we, we, when we go to D.C., we have many times we have these uh, lectures about how the the Roe v. Wade was put into effect. It actually, there was a penumbra hovering over the Constitution. And the justice decided to take something out of the penumbra, which is a cloud, and give them a right to abortion. That's that's how it actually occurred. There is no right in the Constitution for abortion. And so, right now, there is an assault on right to life in America. There is also an assault on liberty. Freedom is being restricted. You can see it everywhere. That's always, that's always a sign of enemy advancement. Always. Always. Can I just tell you that? Mandates and everything else. Whether, it, whether it's good or... And let me say one more thing. I've got to... Come on, people. You've got to listen to me here. If you go back to the Garden of Eden when Satan comes in, remember what God said to, to uh, Adam and Eve? He said, of all the trees you can eat, even of the tree of life, but you can't eat of the, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Okay, here's the problem. I think many Christians are eating of the tree of the knowledge of good today. And what has happened is we have participated in eating of that tree instead of the tree of life. And because of that, we're doing good things, but not the best things, nor God things. And so what we've got to do, we've got, re- we, we got to reverse this. The things that you think are good, just maybe good, but aren't God-inspired? Yes. You're eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Yes, right. We've got to back off and, and, and start eating of the tree of life. On, so Amen? Yes. And then the, the other assault is against property. There's a, there's a heavy-duty assault against owning. You know what they want to do? They want to take away all private ownership. Yes, yes, you know, that, that's, that's, the, that's the new move. They want to take away all private ownership, and everybody becomes slaves and serfs. That's from the pit. You know why? I've done research on the kingdom of God. Do you know what? Those of you who, how many of you are realtors? Man, lots of realtors in here, okay? Do you know the kingdom of God really honors real estate? You know what real means? Royal. Royal estate. God wants people to experience what he experienced as an owner of something. And he gives us the right to ownership, to bless us as royal stewards of property. And I just, I wish I could go further than that this morning. That's in the kingdom of God. That's how he teaches and trains us. A couple of other scriptures, 2 Samuel twenty-two forty says, "'For you have army with strength for the battle.'" You've subdued under me those who rose against me. Isaiah 28, verse 5 says, In that day the Lord of hosts will be for a crown of glory and a diadem of beauty to the remnant of his people, for a spirit of justice to him who sits in judgment, and for strength to those who turn back the battle at the gate. Who turn back the battle at the gate. Who turn back the battle at the gate. What in the world is the gate? The gate is where all business was transacted. The gate is where the elders sat. The gate is where legislation was enacted. Everything meaningful happened at the gate. And that's why he says, I'm going to give strength to those who turn back the battle at the gate. He's going to give strength to the warrior in the church. He's going to do that. In Bible days, business was transacted there. And, and legislation was transacted there. The ecclesia is to take the battle to the gate of our country where there is business and legislation being enacted. We've often been told that, that we have no business being involved in government. Actually, it's just the opposite. I went back and read the Founding Fathers. You know what they said? No one who is without virtue or without morality can serve in government that's what they said we need to uh snatch out of office quite a few people right now now and we need to there needs to be an arising of people who would say i'm going to serve in that capacity at the gate you know they tell us we can't legislate righteousness yet the whole time what are they doing they're legislating unrighteousness all laws are someone's codified values The church's thinking over the past 70 years or so has been to stay out of the gates. I'm here. Let's take the gates back. I'm telling you. And they they, they tell us this. Do not involve yourselves in the laws of the land in which you live. You know, stay in your irrelevant churches and leave the establishment of codes of moral conduct to us. Just keep hibernating. We'll wake you when winter's over. You're too ignorant, narrow-minded, too dependent, needy to be effective anyway. So we've complied. Not me. No, no longer. David, king of Israel, he was one of God's greatest warriors, and he governed and made laws. Right. Moses was a lawgiver. Yeah. The judges in the Book of Judges were men and women who governed yet loved God. The judges in the, book of judges in the book of Judges were those kind of people that did that. Solomon, Deborah, Hezekiah, Gideon, Joseph, Joshua, Saul, Josiah, and Daniel influenced government as well as moral and civic laws or codes of conduct. Esther and Mordecai rewrote laws and prophesied into their government to influence it. Elijah, Elisha, Samuel, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Nathan, Nehemiah, Hosea, Amos, Obadiah, Ezekiel, Micah, and even John the Baptist did the same thing. Paul spoke to leaders and governors. Stephen, James, and Peter did as well. Where do we get the notion that we are to stay out of government and out of the gates? What it is, what it is, it's a doctrine of demons meant to muzzle the church and kill America as well as all other nations. The church is expected to be present at the local, state, regional, and national gates. Bottom line is, our call is to attack the powers of hell through prayer And faith decrees. And having done all, we stand. The Ecclesi is here to war against hell's leadership and to stop its business on the earth. That's why we're here. So, So So Psalm 60, verse 12, through God we will do valiantly. For it is he who shall tread down our enemies. Listen, this This is is the coolest part. The battle is the Lord. The victory is ours. All we have to do is open our mouths. Worship, pray, and see God move. That's what we need to do. So, I have to close. Um, are you catching something? Yeah. So, Pastor Chris and I have been, have been talking and praying. And, and we, over the, over the last number of years, even Kelly and Connie, we, as we've been uh, talking about prayer in the church, because this church was birthed in prayer. You're here because of prayer. You're here today because somebody prayed. We used to pray in mountains. We we would pray every morning. We would prayer, 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 and we're still praying. And I want to I want to tell you what what we have concluded because God started putting in our house in our, in our hearts the idea of lighthouses, lighthouses being houses of prayer that pray in that area in that region to bring the atmosphere into place. So we've decided to only do two kinds of small groups for a while. Lighthouses and tabling groups, which is they have dinner together. They, they fellowship. They, 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 they do that kind of... But the lighthouse, we need lighthouses right now. And the reason why I say that is because a few years later after I received the, the vision, God began to speak, and I've told you this. God spoke to me and finally told me. He said, you know the, the answer to that cloud is, don't you? I said, no, I really don't. He said, uh, it's, Matthew, it's uh, Genesis 18 went to Genesis 18. It's the story of Abraham who negotiated with God about Sodom and Gomorrah, and he negotiated with God from 50 down to 10. This is the most, I I almost heard verbally the voice of God tell me this. He said, if you will get 10 praying leaders in every congressional district in America, he told me this about 10 years ago, in every congressional district in America, I will save America. 10 Lighthouses in every congressional district, which isn't that hard. So, I went down to Oceans Church a couple weeks ago. I presented this in a different way. I presented it to them. They took it up. They have seven congressional districts in Orange County. They already have, now listen, they already have lighthouses in every single one of them. They're already praying that into existence because what you do in a lighthouse. You pray into the atmosphere, and you take authority over the seven, eight mountains. Yeah. You pray for your leaders, and you cause a blanket of the anointing and the glory cloud of God to be over that congressional district. You prayer walk, you prayer drive. All of a sudden, things start happening in that arena. And then you start redigging the wells. Yes, that's right. All these things you do in the lighthouse. Yeah. That's what we're going to do. I thought for sure you'd jump out of your seats on that one. Now, we're, we're going to do this. We're going to uh, start these off uh, as soon as we can. But I want, how many would say, I would like to participate in a Lighthouse over the, the first six months or a year? Just, I would like to start, okay? Put your hands down. Can you do something for me? If you, if you raise your hand, look in front of you, take a card or an envelope that's in front of you, put down your name, your name, your name, your email, and your phone number, and say Lighthouse. And what we will do is we will put you on the list so we can start building the lighthouses. And then we will come back to you and, 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 and show you what we're going to be doing in the, in the Treasure Valley. We have two congressional districts in Idaho. We only have two. I think we can do this. Come on. You know, I think the state of Washington has nine. And Oregon has about seven. We have two. We can do this. And we're going to take authority. Let, let Idaho be a state of refuge. So take out a card, write it on there. And as you go out the door, ushers, you're going to have buckets, right? At every door, buckets at every door as you go out. So that you can put your, put that in there so we can, we can start uh, putting together these lighthouses and see what God will do. Amen? Amen? Give you a chance just to write real quickly. Now, can I tell you what you, what you need to do? Uh, here's the first start of waging warfare. We've got to get the right people in office. Yeah, that's right. yeah. Do you know there's elections across the valley in about, it's a week, isn't it? It's a week from Tuesday, I believe. And we need to, uh, you need to find out who the Christians are. And I know who they are because Winston has researched it as well as others in our congregation and we're going to have a can i give them the website yes. conservativesof.com isn't that right yes. conservativesof.com i would re, uh, the church isn't recommending this this is for the record the church isn't recommending this i am i am and it will tell you who's who's running and who to vote for now, now let me just tell you the the simple stati- do you know there's we have uh, around two thousand people in the church. If sixty percent, let's say seventy percent, are adults, how many that would that would that be if we all voted in this next election? Which is the lowest election you'll ever have? The lowest turnout is an off year, off, off everything else election because it's you don't usually have an, on odd number of years. We could change in just a few months. Few weeks, few days, everything. So get out there and vote yes. where you're at, whether it be Middleton, and we have them all. We have every every election in the in the valley recommendations on who you should vote for. Okay. Good. 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 So good. Good. Go ahead, go ahead. Give the Lord a hand. Thank Him. Praise God. All right. Can you stand to your feet? We're gonna we're gonna close, but I wanna I wanna do what we did a couple weeks ago. I want to do some word seeds. Some decrees. And in decreeing, I want us to, we're putting this in the atmosphere. Alright? And so I want you to repeat after me these words. And as you repeat them, let's believe that these words are being planted in the heavens and they will bring life. We decree that every promise of God, promise of God. is ours in, ours in Jesus' name. We declare that every one of them is coming to fullness right now in the name of Jesus. We decree covenant blessings are working in our lives right here and right now. We decree miracles are being released today in Jesus' name. And any obstacles of delay, we bind you in the name of Jesus. We declare the wonders of heaven will be seen. Amazing signs bringing focus to our lives. We decree that this church is being filled with the presence of King Jesus. We decree that this house is full of his glory. We declare welcome to the manifest glory of God. We decree that we are receiving fresh power from an open heaven enabling power creative power tipping point power wonder working power miracle working power ruling and reigning power power of God come to us. We decree great deliverance is being released now in Jesus name. We declare deliverance from demon bondage depression fear emotional bondage go in Jesus name addiction go in Jesus name these spirits are bound set us free in Jesus name we decree all generational curses are broken off of every life in Jesus name We decree that our churches are birth centers for new souls to be brought to Jesus Christ. We decree Holy Spirit power is being poured out upon our sons and our daughters. Holy Spirit power is coming upon them. Children, teenagers, and young adults, they will experience a holy visitation. And they will prophesy, and they will dream dreams, and they will carry his presence in their generation. We decree abundance, prosperity, and plenty is now being released with the open heavens of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to give towards this ministry, Learn more about our church and events, or are in need of prayer, please visit capitalchurch.co.